Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. But am I sick and tired? I am sick and tired. Not of the Wuhan coronavirus. Not even of the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. I'm sick and tired of the large portion of Americans' response to the government response of the Wuhan coronavirus. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. When people believed everything they heard on TV. This was an age when only men were allowed to read the news. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. And suits so fine they made Sinatra look like a hobo. In other words, Graham Ledger was the balls. Mm. I look good. I mean, really good. Hey, everyone! Come and see how good I look! But I have to tell you, I have taken a lot of arrows. I have taken a lot of heat over the past two months for my stance from the beginning. You know, if you've been listening to me, that from the very start, I had a problem with the unfolding, developing response, government response to the Wuhan coronavirus. From the get-go, back in early March, as I saw certain counties in California in particular, which of course... Unfortunately, as California goes, so goes the rest of the country. I watched some of these counties react, and and some of the private entities in concert with the counties react. In particular, I was watching what was going on in the Bay Area, Santa Clara County, which, of course, would pride itself at being at the vanguard, along with San Francisco, of, of, of what is best for the people. Of course, government always knowing what is best for the people, because they're masterminds, and they think they know better than the vast majority of the American people. So watching what was going on effectively in the Bay Area, they started shutting down the counties. They started ordering people to stay in their home. <laughs> Look back at that and I said, this is amazing. This is amazing. But you know what? I can sense it. I'm watching the guy in Sacramento, Gavin Newsom, watching what's going on in the Bay Area. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, that's the model. 
That's what we ought to do for the entire state. And of course, that's what happened. It is absolutely repugnant to me. But down in Riverside County in Southern California, a similar situation. You had the health officers in Riverside County starting to put the hammer down on residents of that county very early and putting pressure on private entities like the folks who, th- I don't know who throws the Coachella Music Festival, but it's always around Easter in the desert. Canceled. It was canceled, I believe, in late February, early March. And they also hold a professional tennis tournament out there right around the same time. Canceled. And I started to gather this information and I said to myself, this is beginning to be a house of cards. It's beginning to be a little bit of a domino effect. And before you know it, I was thinking, yep, all of California and then all of the nation was going to follow suit with this phony lockdown, shutdown, shakedown of the United States economy. 2020. And what we are enduring must go down in history as one of the greatest political follies in the history of this republic. That's the way the history books should be written. If I was writing the history books, it'd be boiled down to one simple line, and that is the blue state governors led a political response to a bug, to a virus, during an election year in order to control and harm uh, one of the most robust economies this republic has ever had under Donald Trump. So they conspired, I'm sorry, but they conspired. Because you know what? For, For people who haven't added this up like I did two months ago, if you look at California, and you look at Oregon, and you look at Washington, all those are blue states, right? Colorado is effectively a blue state. Illinois, blue state. Pennsylvania, blue state. North Carolina has a, a blue governor. It's not exactly a blue state, but the guy who's in charge is a Democrat. Virginia is now a blue state. New Jersey, a blue state. New York, a blue state. Add all those gross domestic product numbers together. You know what it comes to? About one-third of the United States economy. If you can control and tank one-third of the United States economy, you are going to affect all the other states and all the other people in this republic. So what California did, did infect the rest of the nation, unfortunately. Hello, everyone. Again, I'm Graham Ledger, and this is the Ledger Report. So I'm sick of it. Of course, I reject Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo and Pritzker in Illinois and Polis in Colorado. At least Polis is beginning to open up a little bit. But you got Murphy in New Jersey who's doubling down. Cuomo's doubling down. Newsom, Newsom doubled down. And then all of a sudden, people started to push back. And they said, you know what? Uh, We like uh, Newsom. This is what people say in California. It's unbelievable. Well, we like the governor and we kind of understand what he's doing. But, you know what? We like to go to the beach. Yeah, we like to go to the beach. (laughs) Imagine that. And we like to go hiking the trails over Malibu. And, uh, you know, we want to go kayaking in, uh, in certain parts of the outlets of, of San Francisco Bay. You can't kayak in San Francisco Bay because it's effectively an ocean and you would be swamped unless it was a very, very calm day. But there are certain estuaries in San Francisco Bay where you can do some kayaking, certainly, and some windsurfing and some surfing. You know, crazy people actually surf right at the mouth of the Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, these people... These surfers are nuts. They are hardcore. 
It's not just the cold water and the sharks, but they surf right along Fort Point, which is the the southern edge of the uh, of the Golden Gate Bridge span. They, they they surf right underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, and there's no beach there. It's all rocks. It's all rocks. There's no margin for error when you surf under the Golden Gate Bridge. Bottom line is, people want to. Why do they live in California? Why did all these people move from Illinois to California? To be pent up in their houses? I don't think so. So slowly, slowly but surely, we started to see some pushback. And in particular, one county in Southern California, Orange County, which still has some Republican roots. After all, the Richard Nixon Museum is in Orange County. And not far away to the north is, of course, the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Not in Orange County, but close enough. But Orange County said, hey, you know what, uh, Gavin Newsom? The heck with you. Go pound your sand. Gavin Newsom orders the beaches closed down. And so what do people do? They say, we're not going to put up with that, Mr. Newsom. We have these crazy things called constitutional rights. And we, under the First Amendment, have a right to gather and to protest your phony, draconian, and ideologically based edicts. And so they did. And that leads us to today. There are 58 counties in California. Some of them are are rather small and sparse in population. Uh, Those would be largely in the northeastern part of California. There's some in the Central Valley, but most of the Central Valley is farming and ranching areas. And so there's a decent amount of people there. So the smaller counties are up in the north, northeastern reaches of California. And three of them are now saying, I don't even know their names, uh, but the three are saying that we're going to open up Gavin Newsom. So you have three out of 58 counties that are saying, the heck with you. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to see a cascade of other counties in California following suit. I don't necessarily believe that. But you throw that in with headlines like this, Victorville gym reopens despite the state's lockdown. Now, Victorville is a small, they call it the, uh, the high desert in California. It's northeast of Los Angeles, the high desert. And uh, it's a small town, small area there. Again, sparsely kind of populated. But the Victorville gym owner, um, this guy by the name of Jacob Lewis, Lewis, God bless you, Jacob. You're doing the right thing. We have your back, okay? Anytime you want to come on this program, Jacob, you are welcome and talk about your business. We'll promote your business. We'll try and get as many memberships for you as possible uh, during all this and after. But you're doing the right thing. It has been completely counterintuitive to me. When they shut down my gym, I said to myself, wait a minute. Gyms are there so that people can stay in shape and stay healthy, right? What is the the number one way to fight the flu? What is the number one way to fight the seasonal cold? What is the number one way to fight any virus? It's to be healthy. (laughs) It's to be healthy and work out. Now, I know a gym is a a massive Petri dish for germs. I am a germaphobe. But when I go into my gym, as I have been for about three decades now, I'm a gym rat. Don't necessarily look like one, but I spend a lot of time in gyms. Not talking, trying to work out. 
I take precautions. Imagine that. I know when I pick up those 40-pound dumbbells that about 18 people before me with all kinds of open sores and diseases and things like that had touched these dumbbells, right? And so I don't touch my eyes. I don't touch my mouth. I don't try not to touch my nose. And whenever I can, I go wash my hands or use the hand sanitizer as quickly as possible just in case you forget because you're human. But gyms should be open. Of course gyms should be open. It's common sense. But there's more. There is a hairstylist in, of all places, how ironic, Corona, California. Her name is Kyra. And the salon that she operates is named Lather. (laughs) It's a great name. Lather, the Lather Hair Salon. And she said, you know what, folks? I'm opening up because I can't pay the bills anymore. And I'm not eligible for the PPP or the SOB or whatever acronym the government always likes to come up with to give money away, our taxpayer dollars away. We know that the PPP and all these other government, quote, rescue programs never end up getting the money to the people who need them most. And Kyra at Lather Salon is one of them. So God bless her. Corona, California, she opens up and she says, you know what? I don't care. They can haul me off to jail. I have to feed my family. And Kyra speaks for tens of millions of Americans, and certainly for probably hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of Californians. I don't know. I I think Californians are scared to death of their governor. I don't think they're scared of the Wuhan coronavirus anymore. I think they were at first. I think in March they were scared to death because this guy came out there, Gavin Newsom, and said 2.2 million Americans are going to die and you need to lock yourself up in your home. And Buddy went, oh no! Yeah, I have to admit, at times I got kind of suckered into it for a couple seconds and then I thought, wait, 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 wait. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. This virus wasn't just dropped on us in February, on February 26, 2020. The virus had been with us since the fall of last year and one of the first persons I checked in with was my personal physician. And I said, just rather blithely sent him an email. I said, what do you think of all this? This was way, way early. This was the first or second week of March. And he said a lot of things, but among what he said was, you know, this has been a particularly bad flu season. I've seen a lot of flu cases, but he said, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 90% of the people I tested for the flu, he said, tested positive. But there was that remaining 10 to 20% that he wasn't sure what in the wide world of sports they had. So these people had flu-like symptoms, but he wasn't sure what they had. And so he treated them as best he could, and they all recovered. They didn't die. They all recovered. Well, guess what you think they had? The likelihood, if I was betting in Vegas, if Vegas was open right now, so I could take my bet, I would bet it was the Wuhan coronavirus because he said they had all the symptoms, the dry cough and... Uh, Lost the sense of smell and all these wonderful symptoms that uh, apparently uh, precede the Wuhan coronavirus, but they all recovered. They all recovered. And so, of course, people are going to be scared when Newsom comes out and says, yeah, 2.2 million Americans are going to die from this. It's a lie. It's not 
even going to come close to that, the death rate. And we'll talk about that in just a second, exactly how messed up the mortality rate is in this country, and at least how they're calculating it. Um, oh, we have um, in El Dorado County, California, speaking of counties that are defined, you have a sheriff who's saying, um, you know what, uh, we're not going to enforce these draconian anti-constitutional laws. And we have a, a cafe here and a restaurant there up and down the coast of California. Now, it's not exactly a tidal wave. It's, it's little ripples of businesses that are saying, no more, no more. I'm opening up. And God bless those restaurants. You know, my buddy Archie, his business is down 80%, his little restaurant. And I, you know, I've been trying to help him out and buy as much pancit as I can eat. There's only so much pancit I can eat and lumpia uh, egg rolls. Uh, and, uh, but he's dying. He's dying. He can't stand, he can't survive much more of this. He needs to open up. So the good news is slowly Californians are waking up to the fact that they have been railroaded by their governor. In New York, I am not so sure if, if people are following what Andrew Cuomo is doing. He keeps coming out and scaring the living daylights out of people and saying, hey, we, we have to take baby steps here. Well, we've taken baby steps into an economic calamity, Governor. And when there is an economic calamity, that means that people's lives are going to be ruined, Governor. And when people's lives are ruined financially, Governor, then their personal lives often get ruined, Governor. And if their personal lives are ruined, Governor, you know what many of them unfortunately do? They check out of society. Mentally check out, they're gone for good. Maybe they're, they, 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 they can't ever function again because of the, the toll this has taken. Maybe, unfortunately, X amount commit suicide. And I know X amount do. I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the suicide rate is. But I do know that there is a financial toll that's being taken. And the president said it best long ago when he said, listen, people, the cure cannot cause more damage than the illness itself. Roll tape. Stop the tape. See, this is the, the, the farce. They keep moving the goalposts. Remember, it was Newsom and Cuomo who came out and they said, well, we need to have the stay-at-home orders because we're expecting a huge surge of people in the hospitals and we need to cancel all, quote, elective surgeries. Now, mind you, elective surgeries are like heart surgeries and lung surgeries and to remove a term, tumor and cancer surgeries. So they canceled all these surgeries and they locked people up. And what happened? The surge never came. The surge predicted by Cuomo and Newsom and Pritzker and Murphy and the rest of them never came. It never developed. And now the hospitals that cleared the decks, waiting for all these patients that never arrived, now they're in financial trouble. Now they're in big time financial trouble. And quite frankly, 
if enough of them go bankrupt and no longer exist, then our entire healthcare system could be at risk. So first it was the surge. Now the big thing is they had testing, right? Well, we need to have more testing. Okay, then we got more testing. And then they say, well, we need to have more than what we have testing. So, so they won't tell you exactly what they want, but they keep shifting the argument. But let's look at testing for just a second, right? When you test someone, even if it's an instantaneous reading, right? Some of these tests don't come back right away, take days. Some of them, you get the results in hours. Fine, great, whatever. Let's say you test an entire neighborhood, right? So you test uh, 10,000 people, an entire neighborhood, you go in there and test them. And you say, okay, this neighborhood's clean, you guys can open up and all that. That's a snapshot in time. You don't know if tomorrow some of these people are going to come in contact with the Wuhan coronavirus. It's absolutely worthless to do wide-scale testing that is not ordered or mandated by a doctor who believes that you have the Wuhan coronavirus. It's stupid. Look at it this way. Reverse the bet. Do we do this for the flu? <laughs> do you walk into your doctor and say, hey, I need a flu test when you're perfectly healthy? Of course not. Of course not. So it's completely counterintuitive what these ding-dongs are saying, yet people, for some reason, some people are not connecting the dots, that they keep moving the goalpost. Well, you know, we have to look at the deaths. The deaths are a lagging indicator. Look, let's explore deaths while I'm on this. The death numbers are absolutely worthless in this country. Why? Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we know that the CDC has told doctors to inflate the numbers, to inflate the number of Wuhan coronavirus diagnoses and cause of death. They are saying, you, if you assume that the patient had Wuhan coronavirus, put that down as a cause of death. If you assume, no autopsy, nothing. Just a doctor assuming that they had the Wuhan coronavirus. But it's even worse than that. Some patient, let's say they come in with pulmonary disease. They have lung cancer and they don't have much to live. And if they contracted a bad cold, if they contracted pneumonia, if they contracted the flu, they might die from that. They contract the Wuhan coronavirus, bam, cause of death is not their lung disease, it's the Wuhan coronavirus. This is nuts. This is what they did in Italy, by the way. We're doing exactly what they did in Italy, where they inflated the numbers. The bottom line is this disease is opportunistic, but it's opportunistic in this sense. It goes after the weak, the weak of immune system. So that's why the vast majority of the people who are dying from the Wuhan coronavirus are the elderly with underlying health conditions. When this ghoul, the health director of Los Angeles County, comes out every day at noon, and then this very monotone voice. By the way, it's one of those few times that I was listening on the radio and then I finally saw her in person. Her voice fits the way she looks perfectly, if you catch my drift. They fit perfectly. This ghoul, this woman comes out 
and she she reads the death numbers every day. But she actually has the unmitigated gall to go behind the numbers every day as well. So she'll say, here in Los Angeles County, we had 50 people die from the Wuhan coronavirus this week or this day, right? 50 people die. And then she'll say, 40 of the 50 were elderly and 38 of the 40 elderly had underlying health conditions. I started listening to this every day and every day she was saying the same thing, that the vast majority of the people were dying and you know, God bless these people for suffering with this crazy virus, but the vast majority of them had underlying health conditions and they were over the age of 80, I believe. So we know this to be true about the Wuhan coronavirus that the vast majority of people who contract the Wuhan coronavirus, and I'm talking 98 percentile from what I'm reading, 98% of us are going to recover, no problem. And for some reason, the young, that would be school-age children in college and, and the millennial types, are not catching this thing. And it makes sense. Why? Well, why, Graham? Well, it's because of this thing called herd immunity. What's herd immunity? <laughs> well, we have Gavin Newsom finally talking about herd immunity, and he comes out and he says, well, we, we have to allow herd immunity to take place before we let people out of their homes. Mm, let me think about that for a minute. Herd immunity, in case you don't know, is something that naturally transpires during the course of a virus moving through a society. And herd immunity works by young people who are healthy being exposed to the virus and surviving and maybe not even showing any symptoms of the thing, going on with life, and then they build up antibodies. And so they create a herd effect, right? So you have this herd of young people mostly, and then medium-aged people and then older, some older people as well that, that build up this resistance to the virus, therefore protecting, in the end, the elderly and the sick by effectively inoculating everybody, pushing the virus out of society, if you will. That is herd immunity. So you need a functioning society for herd immunity to take place. If you lock up the healthy and the young, what are you doing to herd immunity? I'll tell you what you're doing to herd immunity. You're killing it. You're not allowing herd immunity to take place. And I've talked about Sweden many, many times. Sweden is protecting the elderly and the sick, and they're allowing largely, they have, they've taken some precautions. They've kind of limited some restaurants to the number of people, X number of people, and they've, I think, shut down a couple of places. But kids are going to school, and people are largely living their lives. And herd immunity is developing. And once you get about 70-80% of a society with herd immunity, then you're golden. And it appears that Sweden is near there. Their death rate, because these mortality numbers are so screwed up, what I use for the numerator in calculating uh, the percent chance of, of dying from the Wuhan coronavirus, I use as a numerator, I use death by coronavirus, even though it's inflated, okay? Even though in the United States, at least, it's an inflated number. It's probably inflated all across the world. I don't know. Maybe they're using the CDC guidelines in places other than the United States. 
All I know is here they're inflated. No doubt about it in my mind. So for the numerator, I use the death by Wuhan coronavirus, even though it's a corrupt number. For the denominator, though, I use the population, the population as a whole. So, for example, in Los Angeles, I'm doing it off the top of my head. I haven't run the numbers recently, but they're not changing. In Los Angeles, there's a total county. There's a total population of 10 million people. And when you run those numbers, the odds of dying from the Wuhan coronavirus is about 0.0001. So three zeros and a one. That's roughly the odds of you dying from the Wuhan coronavirus in Los Angeles County of 10 million people. And the reason why I picked Los Angeles County to compare to Sweden is because Sweden is a country of about 10 million people. Now, obviously, there's some difference, differences between the societies. I know that. There's a lot in terms of climate and health and all kinds of stuff like that. But this is as close to apples and apples as I can get. And so the mortality rate uh, for Sweden is 0.0002. Now, the asterisk behind those numbers in Sweden is they're only testing the people who are sick <laughs> kind of makes sense, uh, and the uh, healthcare workers. So they're not te- they're not testing society at large in Sweden. And oh, by the way, that's another part of the moving target for Newsom and Cuomo. Use logic on this one, okay? The more you test, the more what? The more you look for a red car on the road, you just bought a new red Toyota, right? And all of a sudden... You start looking for red Toyotas when you're on the freeway. And you start seeing more red Toyotas. That's ah, kind of a crude analogy, I know. But it's close. You start looking for the Wuhan coronavirus by testing, you're going to find it. So, when Newsom and Cuomo and Pritzker and Murphy and Northam in Virginia and the rest of them come out and say, well, we've got to see a flattening of the curve. We've got to see the numbers go down. They're talking about the case numbers. You're testing more, Okay. You're testing more. It's a phony number. Of course the number is going to go up the more you test. So they're screaming for more testing. They get more testing. And then they get more positive cases. But it doesn't mean that the virus is spreading any more than it was back in March. It just means you're looking for it more. We didn't have much testing going on at the beginning of March. Remember, they were screaming for more testing. So how in the world could we get an accurate figure? If you did something intelligent, for example, there's multiple ways to do this, but one way would be to do some random sampling, constant random sampling in different neighborhoods in, for example, Los Angeles County. We'll use that example. Just, you know, you test a few people in East LA, you test a few people in Santa Monica, you test a few people in Hollywood, and then you run fast as possible to get the hell out of Hollywood. You test a few people in Malibu, you stay there as long as possible, uh, Beverly Hills, and you do whatever. And then you, you look at the numbers, so you have an apples and apples comparison. But no, Cuomo and Newsom and that mayor in Los Angeles, uh, sorry, in, in Chicago, by the way, really a scary character, not just to look at, but to listen to. Oh man, she doesn't like it when people in the Windy City actually have fun, does she? Woo! She's out there now threatening everybody. 
If I see any more of these house parties, you're going to jail. That's it. <laughs> I think she's just mad she wasn't invited. But when I talk about being sick and tired, yes, I'm sick and tired of Newsom. Yes, I'm sick and tired of Cuomo. Yes, I'm sick and tired of Murphy. Yes, I'm sick and tired of Northam. Yes, I'm sick and tired of Pritzker. Yes, I'm sick and tired of Whitmer. I'm not only sick and tired of Whitmer in Michigan, but I'm scared to death. She's got crazy eyes. And I know, you know, being a, a male, I've been on this planet long enough to know crazy eyes when I see it. She's got crazy eyes. So you people in uh, the Motor City and in uh, the Great Lake State, look out. Because not only do you have a totalitarian for a governor, but you've got a nutcase on your hands. But I am not going to wear a mask. I mean, I, I know I have to put one on um, to go in the grocery store uh, because they're not going to serve me. But it's going to fall off and it's going to just be around my neck. By the way, I made my own mask. It's a, it's a blue scarf. And then I found this uh, blue Trump 2020 bumper sticker. And it's amazing how close the two colors are. They just match. And so I slapped the Trump 2020 bumper sticker on the blue bandana. And it's a beautiful look. And I was walking through Costco the other day with that. And... <laughs> well, you can imagine... I'm just sick of the people who don't question this mask thing. It, to me, it's very symbolic. It's, it's real. It muffles my free speech, but it's also symbolic of a muzzle on my free speech. Um, these people who lock themselves in their homes and they say, well, we're just doing this to save lives. There's not one shred of evidence that anything these politicians are ordering Americans to do is having any effect on nature. There's no evidence of this. So when Cuomo and Newsom come out and they say, we are bending the curve, that is poppycock. They don't know that. They're just saying it. There is no scientific evidence. This thing could be transmitted from a sneeze that took place two months ago, still percolating in the air. We don't know. We don't know exactly how this thing is being transmitted. Oh, by the way, there is a lot of evidence now that wearing a mask does not do anything to stop the transmission of the disease. How do I know this? Well, in 2018, the Center for Disease Control, aka the CDC, did a study, and the study is that a mask did nothing to mitigate the spread of the flu. And this is a virus just like the flu, which, by the way, now has a mortality rate, the Wuhan coronavirus, if you look at the antibody studies, this one out of New York, um, that somewhere in the neighborhood of 25% of all New York City residents have the Wuhan coronavirus antibodies in them, that puts the mortality rate, the actual mortality rate, by the way, in New York City at 0 .008. 0 .008. It's... These are all facts. I'm not making this stuff up. And so I come on here and I just give you the facts and I give you my interpretation of them, of course, and I present them to you in a nice professional way. But it, it's, it's mind-boggling that these lemmings are not hearing this and they're not doing their own research. This is not about protecting people's health. 
This is about protecting Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. That's what this is. This is a political response to a virus, an opportunistic political response by the modern Democrat Party that said, aha, aha, we've got these blue state governors who, if they kind of work in concert, can shut down the economy and we can blame the Wuhan coronavirus and we can drag it out as long as possible and hurt, if not tank, the re-election chances of Donald Trump. That's what they're thinking. And you know what? They might succeed. I don't know. But I am tired of the American people, quote, trusting these people. It's unbelievable to me. I'm sick and tired of how people these, uh, how these people are being stupid. And they, they, they put up with Gavin Newsom, who looks like an undertaker looking straight in the camera. And with glee, telling the people of California, ah, you know what? You know what? I'm not going to give you your constitutional rights. Not yet. Yeah, sorry. It's going to be a little while longer. And that's the worst part, by the way. It's like a warden of a prison coming out and saying, you're going to be behind bars. Well, okay, when is my release date? Well, sorry. And one of the things that really drives me nuts, of course, remember, the blue state Democrats and Schumer and Pelosi, etc., with this Wuhan coronavirus would not be able to get away with it if they didn't have the mainstream media ignoring these facts. All these facts that I laid out. Yeah, they may just kind of do a drive-by report and then they'll focus on, oh, well, look at this person dying over here. And then you have these, some of these networks coming out actually reading obits on the air about these people who died. And of course it's sad. Who wants to hear about a postal worker who died while delivering mail? It's horrible. But that postal worker could have died from the flu. Are they going to go on the air a year from now when the flu season hits and takes out 60,000 Americans? And start reading obits on the air for the flu? I'm just wondering. And by the way, I'm 100% pro-cop. 100%. But some of these videos I'm seeing of people being arrested down at the beach or people being harassed on a park trail or a woman in Wisconsin who got a knock on the door from two cops who said, hey, we want to let you know that you're not allowed to have your daughter go play on a play date with that neighbor around the corner anymore. Unbelievable. This is the police state that the framers of the Constitution trying to avoid. We're living it. We're living it. Shame on those cops. And shame on those bureaucrats or politicians that gave those cops the perceived power. There's no power. They don't have the power to do that. There's no power to force people to wear a mask. I have this thing called the Constitution. There's no, they have no power to say, hey, you got to stay six feet apart. I have the First Amendment. And where is the Catholic Church? Jeez. As a practicing Catholic, I'm not one of these Catholic bashers. I'm not. Certain things the Catholic Church does, I reject, like promoting open borders. But where is the Catholic Church here? The, Catholic, the same Catholic Church that in the 1930s saved Jews from Hitler, where are they now? Saving Americans from Newsom and Cuomo. That's what I want to know. Work. I, that's what I want to know. These orders that, that people are just accepting and, and absorbing. Do stay at home. Don't work. Do collect your government checks. Don't walk that, down that aisle at Walmart. 
You're going the wrong way. Do wear a mask. Don't gather in groups. Do stay six feet apart. Don't celebrate life. And if you're in California, don't go to the beach. Do go to the beach. Don't go to the beach. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Not so much these blue state politicians. I half expect this from Newsom and Cuomo and company. I expect them to have an ideological, irrational response to something like this and an opportunistic response in order to hammer the re-election chances of Donald Trump. That I expect. What I don't expect is the vast majority of Americans not questioning authority. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right.